everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Cultivate for Good with Sal and Wendy. Today, I'm joined by both Sal and Wendy, although this time they're both in person and I'm not. How are you guys doing today? Doing well, Megan. It's great to be able to see you. Miss you not being in studio, but I don't think the studio can really handle all three of us, but it's great to see Sal. Yeah, it's great to see you both. Today, I thought we would cover something a little bit different since the world in which we live is a little bit different. A lot of nonprofit trends are starting to talk about not just stewardship, but all-gen stewardship. And rather than me attempt to explain it with much less experience, I figured I would toss the question back at you. So starting with Wendy, would you define all-gen stewardship for our audience? Well, I'll do the best that I can. Obviously, I'm, I'm glad she put you on the spot because I'm still trying to figure out what that term means. Well, I was, all gen stewardship. All okay. gen stewardship. Okay. I was going to pivot over to you, oh, but good thing. no, I, I, you know, it's it is a term that's being used much more often because we we're always talking about the different generations and what this one does and what this one doesn't do, and that usually is the case. We land on oh, if they could only those and fill in the blank millennials. Boomers, greatest generation, and of course, I'm very biased, the best generation X. Um, but, but really, I, I think that what we're recognizing in the nonprofit industry is looking at our commonalities, right? What makes us, what makes us one? I mean, everyone brings their own individual pieces to the table, but what do we have in common? And then we can find the strengths in those areas that we are different, but what makes us one? And so in what, what I've recognized in, in speaking with colleagues and, and publications that are coming out and talking more about it, because we put such an emphasis on the generations and what each has brought to the table, how can we best speak that out when we're talking about our ministries, when we're talking about those areas of, of need and bringing together those who are called to meet those needs? Um, and I think for, for all intents and purposes, it's how do we communicate that, communicate in such a way that we respect this is how this generation wants to be communicated with, but recognizing that at the end of the day, no matter which, they're coming to the table with, we're humans and we want to help. Now, how we as leaders in the industry share that message of what help is needed and how they can meet that's where we can get into that customization. But let's start with what makes us in one in the same. What do we have in common? So that's my best um, uh, attempt to actually uh, define all-gen stewardship is, is just that. All generations that we talk about are still in place. So how do we communicate? How do we garner what's, what, what strengths each brings and how we can complement one another? Wow. That was, that was, I mean, you hit it out of the park and I'm glad, like I said, I'm glad you fielded that question. <laughs> but, but Sal, in, in all, in all fairness, right? Like we, we joke all, all the time about what generation we are. And then we look at our parents. Well, I stop right there for a second. Cause again, complete transparency. I know, I, I have not a clue. I mean, I, I, is it because you I'm just not a don't age? <laughs> no, I mean, I wish that was true. But I'm not a baby boomer. That's my parents' generation. So I am very familiar with the baby boomer generation. Um, beyond that, I don't even know. What, what generation am I? You are X. I'm X. Okay. And I need you to claim that. Claim and it. Own it. Okay. X and marks the spot. I like yes, that. Yes. And we get it done. <laughs> We're not going to go down that path oh, because, okay. you know, that, that could be a whole nother, a whole nother podcast. But just, well, then the disclaimer is 
I, I may not know some of the terminology being thrown around here. I understand. Okay. But I can tell you this, what you're going to be clear on. All right. You're going to recognize how each of those groups and the way they communicate okay. and what they desire and gotcha. how they want to hear that impact and what their expectations are. Mm. You're, you are experiencing that even if, yes, you're not recognizing it, that that's the reason why they come to the table. That's why their expectations of where they are because of what they have experienced in the generation. So I have a question before Megan asks a question. Oh. Um, if we were to have gone back maybe even a decade ago, the communication channels, regardless of the generation that we're speaking of, the group, or like you said, still could have been relatively the same. Yes, you're right. Okay. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we've had the opportunity, and, and Megan, we're running with this, but we've had the opportunity in the, in the past where you've spoken out things like communication and tried and true. Remember that season where everyone, well, there were those opportunities to say, let's not mail anything anymore. No one does that. Nobody oh, gosh, we just talked about that again. Okay. That's where I say I know that you understand exactly what this all-gen stewardship how do we steward all of the generations oh. at the same time because they all bring to the table what we need, what overall in helping others, it takes all. Mm. So how do we share need? How do we then turn in, in turn share the impact when that need is met to a generation that would literally prefer to open the mailbox and get a piece that they can touch and feel versus the generation that says, just push it through my phone, and I want to use a QR code. Gotcha, gotcha. So it's, it's recognizing and appreciating that both serve us well and that we in turn need to serve them well in hearing what they need and making those adjustments so that nothing gets lost in mm. translation because I still want to touch it. I know my mom is going to open up the magazine and line by line, maybe even highlight. Wow. Whereas another generation is going to go, a what? <laughs> and wants to click and push and take a picture of. So does that help? It certainly helps. I think I'm going to be more of a spectator than a contributor in this one. <laughs> oh, I know. But you, I'm enjoying I know it. you've got stuff. I'm to, soaking it up. I know you've got stuff to share. So, Megan, what um, in, in that dialogue, anything stand out to you that whether it's bringing clarity or, or any insights? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, something that, you know, even if the terminology is something that isn't thrown around, it's absolutely something that I am sure that both of you recognize, especially when it comes to the differences between generations. As you were saying, I'm sure the older generations are much more reliant or even prefer more of the traditional communication channels versus young people who might be perfectly happy with a text message every once in a while. So, well, Megan, you said it really well. It's a, sometimes it's just a pure preference. Let's not put them in a box and say they can't or they won't. It's that they prefer. And that's great. That's what we want. That's what we want our givers to be able to share with us, what their preferences are. Mm -hmm. uh, so we can best be able to communicate and serve them. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so I'm, I'm, I'm hearing that, you know, this, this topic primarily revolves around the communication style. 
it, it it's the it's the 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 door opener definitely. Okay. It's what we talk about most. It's it's kind of like back in the day with church where we just talked about the music and those evil drums at some point in time, right? It it wasn't it we worshipped differently, um, but we got hung up or the door opener was the music. And so yes, the communication, which we know is a core piece of what we do in our in our world, um, is where we open those doors. But then once you start to communicate with all generations, you realize there's much more to it, where their heart passion is, how they will serve, Mm. who's going to be more hands-on and who's going to do more of the sending or who's going to be more of the resource of, I've lived this, I've experienced, so let me help you lead, board member. But again, don't put in a box. It doesn't mean that a millennial or a, or a a Gen Z should not be considered as a board member because they don't know. Well, no. They, they're, they're going to walk that out differently, and we need that. Well, let's face it. We've got generations that are coming up, generations that are slowing down, but they're certainly not done. How can they complement each other? Yeah, and along that line, because I feel like a lot of times um, people, you know, the jargon of things rarely ever um, is universally accessible. So if we were going to make it more more open of a discussion, I'd love to know, as you were talking about, we, we talk all the time about the differences between generations and how that affects people, but we don't often talk about the similarities. And so I would love to know, um, starting with Sal this time, do you see that there are really any major differences in terms of the passion of the donors? Or do you think it's they all share the same purpose, even if they have you know different communication channels that they prefer? Uh, so you're asking me if uh, differences. So again, you're going to stump me a bit. I was thinking more similarities in, in people in humans, like you said, Wendy, and I was trying to reconcile that with engagement. Well, so let me ask you this, because I think that we have the, the privilege of, of working together in the past. Let's think of, let's think of the board that we served with together. Sure. Right. Definitely multi-generational. Yes. Right. When we were just talking about one of our, one of our, our, our fellow past board members, um, who definitely falls into a much younger. Yes. And even you have a cor- current board member who's chairing a um, particular committee, falls into that space. But working with longstanding tenured board members, some from, from the beginning. 34 years exactly. to be exact. So when you think of that dynamic, because you spend a lot of great time with your board and engaging with them, what, and you know, to, to Megan's point of, of differences that you may see, how does the the ministry and passion of 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 sports outreach how do you see that play out around that boardroom table because there are multiple multiple generations representing hmm yeah this is not going to be broad enough that it's like mm. you can make a philosophical yeah. statement i think there's some practicals i see for instance our our senior Members, um, they tend to like more order. They tend to uh, to to like uh, things to be, you know, um, again more orderly. There, there's there's more guidelines. Where uh, the the younger the younger leaders, the younger board members tend tend to be more flexible. Um, so there's certainly some of that dynamic that exists. Um, the way in which uh, we communicate. Um, the older, again, um, more senior leadership are, are very much face to face. Um, they like to do business. They like to be able to shake hands. 
They like to be able to, you know, clearly look a person in the eye. Um, they haven't had the need in many cases to, to rely on technology as much. So there's, there's less of a familiarity. So you have to take those things into account when you're dealing with the different generations. Uh, so for me, I guess there's some practical mm -hmm. nuances. Um, so that's a great question. Um, I don't, again, I'm probably, I should be more, that's why I go back to saying this topic's a hard one for me. I should be more active in this area personally. You're, you're speaking great wisdom even into me, Wendy, so thanks. And great questions, Megan. Um, I don't know if I'm getting uh, lazy or whatnot uh, or set in my ways, but I'm much more comfortable answering what are the same. So when Megan just jumped into what were those differences, that's, that's a hard one for me because I'm really not aggressively trying to understand those. Uh, when I think that, but, but that's what makes this great. Well, one, either those, those differences aren't standing out nearly as much as far as it's not hampering the ministry moving forward. You're recognizing. Great point. Right? Great point. You're recognizing. So, so let's celebrate that, that you recognize with this board member. But I could also have my head in the sand. You could. You could. <laughs> but you're open to hearing that, right? You're open to hearing that now if there's been any pushback. So we, we each learn. We're all learning in this process. And you hear someone speak and you go, hmm, haven't, haven't thought of it that way. And so this is what this does, right? It brings about that dialogue. But I think that the fact that it's not hampering or, or holding something up, that you're still being able to have meetings and, and be able to work together and move forward in, in advancing the mission, because you have recognized, I'm going to have a meeting with this person, best to be face-to-face. -face. And this, I can go down the road and they never see me. And it's, I'm there in my ear and I'm traveling down the road and, and that's what they actually would prefer. Oh, this one? Shoot them a text, and that's how you get the, the response. So, yes, you're right. Any one of us could have our heads poked in the sand and say it's not an issue. It's not something I have to work with. And then there's also recognizing, wow, I, I'm actually stepping into it so well. Didn't, didn't even recognize mm. that that's what it, that, because it's not a It's, not it's a more problem. of an organic It's happening organically. Well, and wonderful. And response. That's what we really want. Right. Right? That it's not so regimented. And even the terminologies that we use, you know, to, to be fair, and because I know I've got my rigidity, um, but there are those things that are tried and true. Yes. Right? And so I think sometimes what is a best practice, tried and true, and it works, and that needs to be the foundation, gets listed as they're inflexible. No. They know, and they've at some point in time have walked through it doesn't work to do it another way. If you just pull the plug on that, you're going to feel it. At the same point, you've got other generations who are saying, well, let's make sure that we don't miss an opportunity to, to advance. Yes. Um, so making sure that your board, and I see that with your board, has that multifaceted, also important. <clears throat> that to me speaks into all gen stewardship. We're saying that it's not just 36 years of tenured experience. We've got to get someone who's coming in brand spanking new and what they bring in the freshness to the table and opening our eyes to what we might not even know. We don't know what we don't know. So, well said, well yeah. said. And I really like the way that piggybacks off of what we were talking about earlier is that there, despite all the differences that we are so quick to point out, there's so many similarities between how people approach this because at the end of the day, everybody wants the same outcome. They all want to see good be done. So 
maybe to rephrase this in a little bit of a different way, um, Sal, how important do you think it is to have a board or a donor group or a collection of people in the nonprofit space who are from different generations? Do you think it's better to keep it as diverse as possible? Yeah, I mean, a great question. And I definitely believe that diversity is healthy. So yes, in some regards, I'm, I'm active and aggressive in that. Um, and maybe I just don't think about it. Uh, in the same kind of blanket terms that we started out this this podcast with, but uh, I would say the diversity is is very significant. Um, it just again it it is much more representative of any community, especially these days. Well, people you're serving want to see people that look like them. Right. To take right? it even further. To, 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 right. right. And so that does say a lot. You understand me because you look like me and we could go down the 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 path on all of what we're, we're talking about generational right now. But truly and honestly, to have a diverse population in your leadership and it's got to reflect the people that you're actually there and called to care for. And so I do see you take a very active role in that space. And again, it's wonderful to see it happening more organically that you're not even really putting a plan in place for it to happen and that it's working well. Well, thanks again. And I do appreciate that because um, it's funny you said that and this is where we're going to keep it real. This is where I could get on the Sal Soapbox. Um, Wendy, you probably recall a couple of years ago, all of a sudden there was this unbelievable push to bring on members of the community that were of a certain persuasion. Yes. And it literally rippled through email chains and associations and it turned me off. Mm. It really mm. turned me off that that it was so um it was it wasn't genuine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so I, I appreciate you saying that because uh, I have valued diversity, but I think that even has to come from a genuine place. It has to be organic. It has Absolutely. to be genuine because if it's forced, it's not going to, it's not going to produce. It's not going to produce. It's not going to advance mission. It's not going to be sustainable. We can go on and on and on. Uh, very true. Very true. So I, and I know this wasn't a topic about that, but you did open the door. I did. I did. Well, I, I mean, you, you were standing at the door and I know that you, you see this and it comes across, like I said, we could go multiple directions and, and hopefully we have an opportunity in the future to, to do that very thing. Yeah. I'd love to talk about it. because I think it's got to be talked about and it should. Um, but this is an area where in all gen stewardship, if we harness it well within our leadership and speaking into those that we're called to care for, this is what will take the industry and serving others to that next level. And isn't that why we literally do all that we do? How many can we help together, be better together, so that it's not just us and what we're doing now, but for generations to come? Legacy, right? We use that term. How does that happen? Because for, at some point in time, you and I are going to step out, and someone's got to step in, what foundation have we laid? What have we said is the best way to do this? So, Hey, you know, I just got an epiphany. And I love the fact that you brought the board um, dynamic into this conversation because 
the light bulb went on as you were talking, and I thought, you know, that there's a classic example of all-gen stewardship if you have all-gen and diversity on your board. That's right. Because just by nature of that fact, if you have a healthy board, let me give a disclaimer. Yes. If they're not just faces on your website. <laughs> Amen. If they are actively engaged in the mission and in supporting the leaders, Absolutely. our leaders. Absolutely. Um, ha- having that diverse approach, whether it's age, ethnicity, uh, cultures, um, that in and of itself is a major contributor to all gen stewardship. Drop the mic, Wendy Adams. No, you, but you started off saying, uh, but, but it's, you're living it. We're living in it. And maybe it's, like I said, different terminology. And we know different terms come in in all industries. And so we've seen it in ours. But the concept and the thought process and walking it out, been around for a while. And I thought, I think it's great that we're opening the, the conversation. And, and that's what we want. I mean, and we want to have dialogue with. So, you know, once this gets shared, and, and please let us know what you think about how Absolutely. you're experiencing it or not. Or as you can see, we keep it real. If we don't know, which we don't know all the things, but if we don't know something, we're going to let you know we don't know, but we recognize it's out there. So let's talk about it. That's how we advance. Megan, I hope I hope that this has uh, been informative. I hope it's kind of the direction that you saw this going. And if not, I don't apologize. <laughs> no, I think that was great. And Sally, even if you didn't feel that you had a lot to contribute, I really do feel like there was a lot in there. I think the terminology, like I said before, just it changes all the time. And just because something's new doesn't make it less true, right? You, you've experienced it. Wendy's experienced it. They just give it a different name nowadays. But I really appreciate you guys speaking into something that's becoming much more uh, of a buzzword uh, nowadays. And I think it's going to be really helpful for other people. So thank you. Absolutely. Thanks, Megan. Thanks thank for bringing you. a, you. a yeah. tough topic, yeah, but a, but a, a good nice one. Thought-provoking topic to the table today, Megan. Way to go. Our viewers get to know that uh, we really do keep it very real. That's right. <laughs>